Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! All right, everybody, we got the whole crew Yay! here tonight. The family's back together. <laughs> hey, welcome to another amazing After Buzz TV after show for your favorite show, Hemlock Grove. And we are on season two, episode seven. We're nearly done with the season. Wow. This is Lost Generation, and we got Three's Company in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should have put you in the middle. Oh. Hey, hey. I would have enjoyed that. Um, he's also married. Yeah, 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 I remember that. It's a joke, it's a joke. <laughs> I'm your host, Chano, and I'm joined here with two lovely ladies. Hi, guys. I'm Marissa Serafini. Hey, I'm JJ Jorgens. And we're going to be talking about tonight's episode. Okay, it's called Lost Generation once again. Three's company is going to be our first topic. Mm-hmm. Shelly meets herself, a stain from Olivia's past, and yes, I appropriately chose stain. <laughs> Masked men again. Galena wants the lab, and then we'll talk about news and gossip and our predictions. So let's go ahead and start off with Three's company. M- Mar- Miranda wakes up <laughs> yeah. in bed with our two heroes, and she's having this crazy dream right Mm -hmm. yeah so it's i actually thought it was really well done because with with the dream they were using a lot of slow-mo like extra extra Mm -hmm. slow-mo and they must have been blending in a lot of like I don't know, like, not not only were they doing, like, the phantom camera, because it must have been phantom camera stuff, but they were, yeah, they were blending in, like, green screen and stuff, and a lot of special effects, it looked really cool, you got, like, those insane close-ups to her eyes, yeah. and the, the guys, like, Peter was, like, running, and he's, like, baring his teeth, and, like, screaming, like, ah, stop! I think it was so well done, especially because we've been seeing so many 
distorted, you know, very quick flashes from either mm-hmm. Peter or Roman. But now we add the third vision in, the third person, and how it looks so vastly different compared to what we've already seen before. And I think it was very well executed and how now everyone's seeing it. Mm-hmm. Do women have more clairvoyance compared to men? Because that was like such a long, crazy, detailed yeah. dream. Whereas the other guys, like you said, Marissa, the, the guys are like... Psh, psh, it's like popcorn, you know? <laughs> yeah. interesting to kind of compare, you know, I'm sure there's studies out there that have done that. If Because I know my dreams are very, like, long and vivid and stuff, too. But And I loved in this, again, I thought they just, like you guys said, they just executed it so well. But I loved even the details, just with things being black and white. But then when they zoom in, then her eyes are, like, blue, blue. And just thought it was so cool. So we get to learn a lot from the dream, and they explore it even more later on. And it, it, it's kind of cool because they show us the whole dream. But the characters, like, they, they discuss how, oh, what did you get? Like, I, I don't remember this. I don't remember that. And we don't get to hear what they saw until later on. Um, but we got the full deal with her. And um, and then they have to, we have to have Peter be, like, the detect, like the dream detective. And he has to talk with her and ask her. But he doesn't want her to, like, know. Mm-hmm. So he totally mm-hmm. lies his butt off to her. And she feels it. She's like, why are you asking me these things? Yeah, and I love how Peter's trying to be coy. Be like, what What does this mean? You saw this, right? And then yeah. it's, it's really his subtle way of just trying to figure out the dream himself through her. And I thought that was really fun and playful. But also it just shows that, you know, adding that third perspective in, and the fact that she can see what both Roman and Peter have been seeing now is it, it's, I mean, we still haven't figured out why yet. Maybe just the passing of bodily fluids. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's a theory. I also loved, again, we've talked about how they're throwing in the comedy and stuff this season. And I love the scene when they're in the kitchen at, right after, you know, the, the morning of. And when she's just like, hey, what's up, buttercups? You know, it's like all so casual, like, hey. And then I loved how, you know, they walk away because they realize that she's having the dream. And then she's like, I think her line was, you know, this will only be weird if you make it weird. Yeah. You know? It was like, I just love those little moments like that that they're throwing in here. That was this great. Season. Yeah. I love that too, JJ. And it, it was... And uh, to me, it was like, she doesn't know what they're thinking. She doesn't know what's going on. So to her, she's like, dude, why are they leaving? They think like, they, why are they going off to, you know, to talk and they don't want to be near yeah. me? Are they going to have like guy talk now? Like, dude, what do we do? What do we just do? But they really care more about, dude, this is so weird. Right. She's like clairvoyant with our dreams. She's like, she's a, she's having a threesome with us in the dream too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, this is so weird. She's like yeah. another piece of the puzzle. So I, I just, I thought that was so fascinating and they went into, they had to go into Nadia's room to do it, to mm-hmm. have that conversation, to be like really secluded because mm-hmm. it's soundproof in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that was so weird. And then the, even the maid being in the kitchen with them was yeah. weird, too. Oh, she's so creepy. She is very creepy. I mean, I think it's just creepiness on top of levity in this episode. <laughs> it's just, They do a really great job of just mixing both. And then, you know, we kind of get, not to jump too far ahead, but we also see Destiny try to get in mm-hmm. with and try to understand their dreams a little bit more, too. By all means, jump ahead. It's okay. No, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love talk- how... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just, I love how Destiny... You know, we see her always button heads with uh, her Miranda now, and but now actually having that physical contact and trying mm-hmm. to understand a dream from Destiny's point of view and actually legitimately warning her, get out, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first, she it seemed like 
she she was being antagonistic towards her again but now it's like she has a caring kind of attitude so destiny visits her and she just is like oh okay yeah you're really playing the game on them good and you're trying to get at you know his money or whatever roman's money but she as soon as she touches her she has those crazy mm-hmm. visions all those like clairvoyant flashes that she gets and they're more than just it, it wasn't their dreams but it's like things that are related to their dreams and of course we get to see a lot of snakes snakes like, mm-hmm. blood blood snakes. and uh it was so funny because they exaggerated her rings on the her n- nipples the rings. And, they, and they had the snake going through them yeah. too i was like oh man that's yeah, so that crazy made me hurt a little bit like oh we- yeah Ooh, i've never seen anything like that before visually gruesome yeah, yeah. Uh. visually very gruesome and and then that's where she reveals like okay you you know what you need to get out of here and she has like an attitude change mm-hmm. well she still wants her to get out but it's mm-hmm. an attitude change of like i care about you yeah. and i see that you're really not trying to pull one over on my cousin my cuz and <laughs> you really should just leave because hemlock grove's evil yeah and mm-hmm. because she feels how heavy the darkness is and it's just so scary yeah 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 so there there's just so many interesting things that happened with their dream. Um, let's go. If we like fast forward a little bit more, we get to see that they they finally. They, he he. Go, Peter goes to the sheriff. You know, he, a little bit later on, he goes to the sheriff. He he tells him what's going on. He says, "Hey, you know what, Roman Godfrey? He's having these dreams too. So it's kind of like confirmation. I'm not just the only weirdo that's having mm-hmm. these things." And he uses that. He go and then he he goes over to Roman to confirm and he's denying everything yeah. right what the heck? He, he's not even supporting his friend at all yeah. and I'm, i suppose it's because roman has like a he, he has a distaste for the law am i right oh yeah we mm-hmm. we definitely know that roman has a superiority complex but also it just gives the the godfrey's name just in general more reasons to you know suspect them for anything and when Shasor obviously knows that Roman's lying and it's just it's more reasons to think that the Godfrey's are up to no good and he even mm-hmm. tries to find a connection with him on like an emotional level like hit hit Roman at his pathos it's like oh hey by the way I lost a sister mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. I know how it feels you must you know like oh you must be aching inside so you're gonna give me some more information yeah. right but mm-hmm. clearly that still didn't work because he was just empathy putting... doesn't work for Roman no it doesn't because he has no apathy for yeah, anybody yeah. Mm-hmm. he's so cool he's, the, he's seriously the ice man like, he's still kind yeah. of an oop here so those human emotions aren't really there yet they haven't surp- surfaced yet yes but um there was something. There was something that actually happened with that, with uh, regarding Olivia. So I'm. I, this is well, still kind of on the same topic. We're talking about Roman <laughs> mostly here. So um, he's doing his second treatment, right? And he ends up going. Uh, he he's in the hallway. Olivia ambushes him, and uh, he's. She's like. Are you are you the drama queen here? What's going on? She calls him a drama queen because yeah. he is taking her out of the cottage. He's evicting her. Mm-hmm. How how would you guys feel mm-hmm. if like your kid was kicking you out of the place you were staying? Right. Well, yeah, but if I'm, I mean, <laughs> you know, if, if your mom is her, you know, yeah. it's like, can you really blame him? You know, he does have a lot of antagonism yeah. towards her. Oh yeah. yeah, well we always know that Roman always he's going through all these procedures, so he doesn't have Olivia's blood running through him. So you, all these extreme measures that he's going through just to get Olivia out of his life physically and environmentally. I mean, and then to have gotta, all that power and the money and be like, um, I do have power. The cottage actually belongs to me, and I'm evicting you. Get out. And he hates her so much. He even wants to do the procedure on his daughter so 
That means mm-hmm. her granddaughter is not going to have Uberism in her either. And mm-hmm. and he said, even if it kills her, I don't care if it kills me. I don't care if it kills her. I would rather take that weight out. And she's like, well, but that's suicide. How could you ever say something like that? Well, that's what my dad did. My dad blew his brains out. He yeah. chose to kill himself rather than be with you. I think once he's, yeah, he's witnessed that, like, what how it drove his dad to do that. Or we find out. But um, anyway, <laughs> um, it, not only that, but then he's got such a taste of it now himself. And he's seen what it's done to him. And he knows the feelings and the, how he's he can never get enough with that. And that just constant hunger that he has to live with. So mm-hmm. I totally understand his... Um, you know, decision for that because who would want to live like that? And you wouldn't want that for your child either if you had an option. And it's also hard at this time because Olivia's in that transitional place where she's trying to be good, but Roman's only, you know, dwelling in the past and everything, all of Olivia's past that he has all this resentment for. And he's completely being blindsided by the fact that she's trying to make nice with him. Be like, nope, I'm just going to dwell on all the things that you've done to me. Do you think she's really ever nice? You know, well, like, no, you but think- you can see she's trying to make the effort. Yeah. I mean, we'll eventually find out, but I I, got to give it to Olivia. I mean, I I like rooting for the the antagonist because maybe they have some hope. Yeah, Yeah. I feel feel like she does have hope. And and seriously, like in the last two, three episodes, you're really seeing Olivia taking a big emotional turn. And it's like a big turn for her character, too. Of course, spoiler alert, (laughs) she's going to return to her old self. But it's it's I like being on those roller coaster rides Mm -hmm. with the characters because it makes me feel like it it almost gives me that false hope that they are changing. And at the time, I think it's real hope. So I really, really (laughs) enjoy it. Right. Yeah. But um. Before, That's what makes it fun. That is what makes yeah. it fun. Yeah, wanted, it'd be boring if they stayed the same way the whole time. Yeah. I wanted to just really quickly jump back to something that I noticed about the dream stuff in Miranda before we jump back over to Olivia, is that um, I thought it was so funny. It was like a, an allusion to to the Wizard of Oz when they were in the kitchen because she said, I had this weird dream, and you were there? <laughs> yeah. You yeah, were yeah. there. It's totally like Dorothy pointing yeah. at everybody and saying that. So yeah, good. That <laughs> uh, but yeah, o- Olivia, um, man, she just, Roman doesn't want to have anything to do with her, and he's just going through all these treatments. But it where, where we really got to see Olivia's emotional um, tied to somebody this episode was when Shelly came back. So we're going to talk about Shelly now. And mm. she, when they started, when Price started, was it, no, it was Norman. When he started rolling her on down the hallway, it was just such like, mm-hmm. whoa, she's here. Mm-hmm. And the, the family like just came to her and she started speaking and they got even more emotional. And Roman, we never see him like that happy over anybody. Mm-hmm. Even with this there's, even with his own daughter, even with a woman he's sleeping with, he's just like kind of whatever, right? But when Shelly comes around, he's like, dude, that's my kid sister. I missed her. I missed you. And he's like so amazed that she can talk. And and then we see Olivia there and she puts her hand to Shelly's face and she starts caressing her. Roman, his eyes, his big eyes <laughs> go over to that and he like sees it just for like a second. He's like surprised that she's doing that, but he still doesn't believe it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, but it shows just how much he cares for Roman and how resentful he is of Olivia that he won't even let Olivia physically touch her own daughter in that way. In a motherly way, <laughs> probably one of the only situations we'll see Olivia try to be a mother, but it just shows that He's very protective. Mm-hmm. And 
don't mess with family in that way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I thought it was kind of funny how uh, later on when Olivia, you know, it, he, Roman makes it look like he's leaving with Olivia and they're going to go their own separate ways. He's just like, F off, mom. I don't want you. To, you know, look at what you do. You, you don't even care about her. And she takes off. He looks like he's taking off, but he starts coming back. Mm-hmm. And then Price mm-hmm. is like, what are you doing? Where are you going? No. You know, her whole her whole body's immune system has been wiped out by all these infections from gunshot wounds that were untreated for the last mm-hmm. seven months. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to actually mention... But, but with that, ju- like... Sorry. Uh, yeah, just get, having no immune system, how did that affect her speech? Because you think being healthier back in the day she would have the ability to speak but now that she's more unhealthy but now she can speak it's just i find it conflicting but maybe mm. we'll find out in future episodes why she's able to speak yeah there's actually but, another conflict i have yeah. with some writing in the episode or like some of the story stuff it's like huh and we'll talk about it later yeah we'll talk about it when we get to the masked men again <laughs> but um they do i don't know if that would have anything to do with you know her immune system being down to, to her her vocalness but i think it's more like the thing that i did catch was she doesn't glow anymore mm-hmm. her phosphorescence yeah. is is um mm-hmm. is not there it's absent because of her immune system being so compromised. I missed that part, too. I liked how she glowed. But, yeah, yeah, and also, we were led to believe all in season one that she was constantly getting checkups and probably medical injections from the Godfrey Institute. And, uh, you know, she was always pumped with all these mysterious, you know, anecdotes or or antidotes that uh, the Godfrey Institute has. And now that she's been physically away, it shows that the Godfrey Institute hasn't really had any say in her physical anatomy maybe yeah. that's why she's maybe she's actually healthier now yeah. we don't know what price is right, doing. Yeah. you know we, we got to see what he did this episode and we actually we should be talking about him in this topic because shelly and him have a lot of scenes together mm-hmm. uh he, he even though he is um he loves her you can tell he's like an uncle to her. She even refers later in the season. She even refers to him as her uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there's still something up with him where yeah. it's like, is he doing it because he loves her, or is he really, or is he doing it because he has other ulterior motives? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I think I always get the feeling with him that it's just always about whatever whatever end he game he sees out of it. So I don't know that he really. I mean, we see him care about people to an extent, but yeah, I think it's always more about his ultimate goals or what his creation or his visions are. And I feel like anything could be collateral damage at you know any point. Yeah, I mean, he might generally care for Shelley, but he also we saw him alone with Priscilla, and he's speaking mm-hmm. out loud, and the audience can hear him that like this is part of his best creation yet. Mm-hmm. So he will go through any lengths and extremes to have his creation be published. People will know his name, whether it is using Shelley just for you know, his ulterior motive. Well, then why not just take Priscilla out? Because we got to see in the episode that she had her own brainwave patterns and everything, which was so evil of him to mask that from her, right? Uh, Why not just take her out? And this is like, hey, I grew this thing in my lab and it's a person now i was a little surprised by that too because i i yeah i would think that if he's creating these things he'd be creating almost these like super superhuman people that he wanted you know so for for him to just kill it like that i was surprised but it's also yeah i'll just say this really quickly maybe sorry to interrupt you marissa no no maybe it was the first person he's ever grown 
and may, I don't know where I forgot where I was going with that. But maybe <laughs> it was the first. Every, everything yeah. else has yeah. been parts and pieces, but this is the first organism that's become a human that he's ever mm-hmm. grown, and perhaps. Maybe that's... I don't know where I was going with that. Go on. Oh, no. It's also because we know the whole folklore of Frankenstein. You know, you put other bits and pieces physically together to create a human. But then having the emotional aspect and throwing that in there, that element. It's also, yes, I created someone. But now I can also put it, like, transfer them into someone else. So just that added element on top of creation to be better than the Frankenstein, mm-hmm. but just more advanced. Perhaps the uh, Priscilla having the, all the, the brain activity, and she, she probably has, like, really has soul, and she's really mm-hmm. alive. Uh, that's, that's, it was an unintended consequence of his experiment. Maybe he just wanted a yeah. shell with an empty, uh, an empty vessel that he could put Shelley's mind into and soul into, but it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, the body, hey, the body can't exist uh, without the mind, to quote mm. the Matrix. <laughs> that is true. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yeah. So, um, but I, I actually, um, I thought it was so interesting when uh, they were doing the whole, like, oh, the emotion test with Shelley and everything. And ba- to backtrack a little bit, I really liked the rooftop scene. Yeah. Where they were having that conversation. And she said, like, Hemlock Grove, it's such a, it's it's nice, you know. But then mm-hmm. when I come back to it and, like, I'm really in it again, it's, like, a bad, terrible place, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then she starts saying that, you know, people think of me as a killer and I'm not a killer, but I'm going to be one if I choose this path, if I choose to take that body, because that girl has a soul. And Price, he, we know at this point, you know, there in that scene, he's like, whatever do you mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. And I believed him. But then when we see the, all the brain activity going on and he was masking it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God, just so awful. Evil mad scientist. <laughs> he, got, he said a really cool quote. And I was like, oh, are they using poetry again? I wonder if it's by that guy Barry again. It's like, <laughs> William Barry or whoever that was. Mm-hmm. But this, uh, I wrote it down. And it said, um, he said, when thou dost ask my blessing, I'll kneel and ask for forgiveness. And I, I kind of like didn't get some of it. But then I wrote the end again and laugh at gilded butterflies. And I, I typed that in. And it's actually a quote from King Lear. And I did not, because I've never studied King Lear. I never read the play. I've read some other Shakespeare. But it was so fascinating to see that they put that in there. And it makes, it adds to his sophistication. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. I'm imagining, like, I'm. it's like I'm Dr. Price. I'm sitting there and something is going through my mind from, like, my favorite thing. Or it reminds me of that situation in that play. And I'm like, boom. Like, I'm just going to say it because these are the last words that I'm going to see from mm-hmm. this being, you know, like, as kind of like a commemoration to her soul. Right. And, yeah, it's definitely an analogy for Shelley in general and this whole procedure is going on because we saw all in season one that they were constantly referring Shelley as a butterfly. But now he's having this literally procedure where he's creating the cocoon and you're blossoming into something else. It's a complete parallelism for Shelley's life. Yeah, and I was actually reading the rest of this this scene in Shakespeare, Shakespeare's uh, King Lear, and they talk about like taking uh, this guy, like one of the characters is being taken away to a prison, and for this character, for Priscilla in that tank, that's her prison right now. She's been in that tank mm-hmm. her whole life for you know what eight months, nine months of life, yeah. but that's been her. She has to stay there. She can't go anywhere. That's where she's locked in. Now she's going to be set free, but her mind is gone. It's mm-hmm. vacant now. And, and now that her, her 
body is going to be a new prison for another soul that's you know that's, yeah. it's going to be Shelly's soul but she's even though she's going to be happy if she ever found out about what happened what price did to this she, that'll be her prison oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so it's just a little, Very deep. little, a little bit of metaphysical stuff in there with our hemlock grove. But that's good. Um, was there anything else about Shelly that we wanted to add in? Nothing, really? I'm glad that she's back. Me too. We got to hear yeah. her talk a lot. Mm-hmm. She had, before, we just had the pieces of her in the basement. And it was, you know, it was developing, but it was just like little pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. This was a really Shelly heavy episode, and I liked it. Yeah, me too. And I mean, she just does such simple things, you know, just with her expressions. Like, I just love the scene when she was trying to get a closer look, you know, into the glass. And she's making, sticking her tongue out. And then, you know, then then how she's startled when she puts her hand on the glass. Just, I, I could watch her you know, for the whole episode, I just am fascinated by her character. Yeah, that was that was really neat. I, I love those scenes. That even the, sorry, that short scene too was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I liked how we know now when we when we got to interview Joel De La Fuente on the phone, and that was so that's so cool to to imagine. Like, wow, that that actress, she was really in yeah. there doing it. It wasn't CGI. It wasn't like so, some kind of green screen or whatever. She was holding her breath yeah. underwater and doing those scenes. That's nuts. That's method acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good. Um, so, a stain on Olivia's past. Yes. <laughs> I must say, I've never seen anything like that scene in in any movie or film. Did even like even Eli Roth from his mind. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen some disturbing stuff from Hostel and just. You know, even I was watching Air, uh, *Inglorious Bastards* with him in it the mm-hmm. other day, and him like beating the crap out of a Nazi with a baseball bat. Just those are some disturbing things. But seeing an old lady grab crap from her from her ass <laughs> and smear it all over the wall—that was just too <laughs> gross, shocking, and then also at, at the same time, it's like dark humor too. Yeah. Am I right? Very dark yeah. humor, exactly. literally. But the first time I watched it, I'm like, did she really just do that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Disgusting. Yeah. Very disgusting. She grabbed a baby Ruth right out of there <laughs> and put it all over the wall. Oh, goodness. Yeah, but that was that was good. So pretty much the story behind that, guys, which you should have watched already if you hadn't already watched it. But uh, so we have Norman and Leticia go to Buffalo to investigate someone that could have been connected to or to investigate someone who is a potential witness in a murder that fingerprints were found that matched Olivia's okay back from 1965 from 1965 oh she couldn't have been born yet that's impossible he's so defensive 60's the new 40 yeah Yeah. I love that it was so good they had so many good lines and when they were when they finally got there and uh, they were investigating I liked how they had the photo lineup Mm-hmm. So the it was so cool because you don't get to see that very often. I feel like in films, like they always just have one picture, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that's so when you just show one picture, it's so what I, I can't, the word escapes me at the moment. But it's so like, yeah, this is the person yeah. guilty mm-hmm. Isn't it right, right yeah. here, discriminative. That's the word. Yeah. That's one of the words I'm looking for. So, but they had like six people on the lineup, and she looks over and Donna, as the lady in the wheelchair, she looks over them. And she's like, oh, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> She doesn't say it, but you know that she saw someone who really killed her parents. Yeah. And that's, that's, she, from the photos that we saw from the crime scene in that 1960s murder, 
man, she ripped those people apart. She ripped their throats out. Right? Yeah. That was Olivia. Mm-hmm. I mean, she. we know Olivia's a new peer and how deadly and brutal they can be. And But now, because we see in all the other previous episodes, Olivia's like, you're going to rack up all these murder cases and you have to cover your tracks. And this one obviously didn't get covered. No, it didn't get it's covered. catching up to Olivia. Yeah. And I'm surprised that they were able... You know what? I'm thinking about it now. That doesn't sound quite right. 1960s fingerprint evidence i know the 60s have been, i'm sorry f- uh, fingerprints have been around since the 1800s mm-hmm. but in the 60s they, i don't think they would have had you know been able to access cases from back then just it doesn't seem like well you saw the reports really they were hard copy files yeah. and the authenticity of all these lineups from yeah. the photos i can kind of believe that but also if you think about it olivia didn't make her agreement with price at this time yet i mean Uh, this was before price came into the picture to help cover up all of her past murders yeah Mm -hmm. so this probably was a case that got slipped that slipped she was sloppy back then yeah Yeah. that's a good point and uh on their way back from buffalo we have um we have norman and leticia his very hot private eye talking in the car and i feel like she i feel like she's sweet on him i think she's there yeah. yeah and she's i don't think do you think they've ever slept together no, i don't i don't think no. so either but I think she would like to i bet she would i bet she finds him i think very norman would like to too because yeah. he releases something else on some yes later on he does he he ends up like because all his frustration after everything that he found out he he goes he goes there and he's imagine like he wants to tell her but he can't tell her right he needs to get he had a test tube with him right he needed to get like a DNA sample or something yeah so he ends up banging the f out of her what's funny about when I watched that scene is I had just happened to look away at the point where he like unzipped his pants and I and I looked back and all I heard like I was hearing the sound so I had to go rewind because at first I didn't know whether he was effing her or yeah. killing her like because it was so yeah. just the audio he just was you know so forceful and i was angry <laughs> yeah angry sex mm-hmm. it was very angry and afterwards he wakes up and he's not even completely undressed he like wakes up and he goes to to get the sample or whatever what was it the toothbrush it, yeah the, the tooth uh, hair, hair from oh, brush. the brush a hair from a brush oh, okay so he ended up getting that and he just like the whole time he looks at her laying there at the fireplace and he's just so disgusted with her like he can't he can't take being with her now but he has to pretend like it's okay for him to just put his gears in motion and be cleared of suspicion because most of the time like leticia said 98 percent of the time (laughs) the man the husband the boyfriend the family member is a person who kills somebody and interesting uh, yeah so (laughs) let's go ahead and talk about the masked men again still creepy yeah still creepy as ever we got to see them in the dream in the beginning just like a flash of them where i think were they inside and outside the house yes there were multiple Mm -hmm. guys this time because one was inside with the boy Uh Mm -hmm. and then when you see she's um we we see um miranda's looking at the glass right and it's unclear whether it's a reflection behind her or if there's a guy inside so i think it was supposed to be both right yeah so we they go to the house they bring a beehive with them at first i was like what the hell is that thing but it made sense you know it's like a beehive here's where i would question the writing for this episode because they show the boy 
And it's the same boy, which is cool, from last time. They didn't get mm-hmm. to murder him with the dog, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're after him again. But, um, and we didn't get to see his parents. So that everything's still okay. But here's where I question it. He falls off the swing and the father comes out and says, Hey, it's time for your allergy shot. What allergy shot? I, I mean, it's kind of cool that they're planting that seed. Oh, he's allergic to something. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. of course, he's allergic to bees. But why would the boy get an allergy shot when it's winter time and there's no bees around anywhere, right? Yeah. And why would he need it unless he got sh- stung by a bee? Am I right? You don't need that epinephrine shot or whatever it is. I don't even know what the shot is. I think it's epinephrine. Yeah. You don't need mm-hmm. that unless you're stung by a bee. So why would they give him a shot? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that. Boom. Good job, writers. (laughs) It might just be like you're just to probably just to to set it up what's going to happen and understand that he was allergic to. Yeah. Yeah. He he could go into anaphylactic shock. He could go into anaphylactic shock because of the sting. But Mm -hmm. he got stung multiple times, right? Thanks to the thanks to the beehive going throughout the ventilation system in the house. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and um, thankfully we had our friendly heroes there who came up in their awesome Batmobile Maserati. (laughs) I know that was another thing that like I pointed out. I'm like, why would you drive that type of vehicle in the winter? Oh yeah. You don't because you have ice, black ice. That kind of car probably cannot make it really. I mean, it might have the horsepower, but that's not the type of car you drive in the winter. Just saying. No, I would think like if you put chains on that thing, it would totally scrape up like everything underneath the car. But you're gonna ruin the car with snow. Sorry. Okay, I digress. No, that's okay. (laughs) I noticed that too. I'm like, that's a really fancy car for going to in, in the winter. Well, hey, the Batman and Robin is their Batmobile. It's true. <laughs> I get it. So, so uh, after they save the boy, right, the parents, they take him out of the picture, you know, good exit for all three of them in the family. And, oh, we see Peter stripping off his clothes, running through the snow. His back's getting bloodied. Ah, oh, oh, I'm changing. <laughs> and by the time he gets over there, he hunts them down and he's a wolf now. Mm. And this is the first time we get to see the wolf in daylight. Am I right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a really neat scene. The special effects were really good. I I liked it. The wolf was animated really well. And how funny was it that they had that the masked men had a baton, like a police baton? Did you guys notice that? It was like the nightsticks that they carry. Yeah. And they were using it to beat back the wolf. But maybe that's probably one of their covers that they play police that's during right. the well, day. They did. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. So I mean, it makes mm-hmm. sense that they would have that. But the fact that Peter can, obviously, after all these warnings from Destiny, do not change on the wrong moon, and then he completely forgets that and does it anyways. Yeah, that's awful. Good. Yeah, that's not going to be good for him. And the fact that he's a a brown wolf in white snow, it's really noticeable that he changed. Yeah, you know what? He's getting um he's getting darker too now. I think because before was be- before he was more of a brown wolf, right? Yeah, and now he's getting darker. He's like a black. wolf. Like, like really, really jet black. Yeah. That also reminds me of Olivia. Sorry to just jump back to Olivia for a quick second. Because we know all in season one, Olivia was wearing white. But now she's getting... Now in this episode, she's all in black at the White Tower. So she's surrounded by white, but she's in black. Mm. The the complete flips, which just shows character changes as well. Sorry. Back to her. Mm -hmm. Back to Peter. Oh, perfectly fine. Yeah. I see the parallel there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. You're right. So... Then uh, 
after they take out oh man it was so gruesome the way he took out yeah. the guy he bit his throat off oh gosh and, and then what had to yeah and mm-hmm. then what did roman do because he's not upir anymore he's beating them down with a shovel <laughs> oh man so he's like robin in mm-hmm. this case yeah. and uh they knock the other well we don't see it looked like he killed him but we know spoiler alert we know that next episode that person's going to be alive mm-hmm. and uh yeah so he changes back into human form and all the wolf skins and everywhere and everything. And Miranda's there. Mm-hmm. How the heck? She found him. How funny. Who doesn't lock their iPad <laughs> and leave it on the bed? Come on. So yeah. he, he didn't lock his iPad. It's not yeah. a piece of paper, man. It's yeah. an iPad. You can lock that thing. I thought that too. I was like, I love how that was just open for right. her to stumble upon. Yeah. But uh, I loved how that, how she just somehow appeared up in the scene because, you know, she's having the same visions going after it. But the fact that she didn't even go to the house she just went straight to the woods right like, yeah okay that was perfectly planned yeah. on her part yeah that was funny too so some you know sometimes I, I love overall I love Hemlock Grove and I love everything about it but there's sometimes like I think this this episode had a little bit of an issue with like the writing or there's some just plot holes pl- plot yeah. holes a little bit like the ellipses were like mm-hmm. really really big where things like this we could see is like really really how did yeah. why did she she would have went to the house first come on yeah you know? Probably trying to move the story along as we get towards the, you know, the downhill, the end. Yeah. yeah. We get that. Yeah. It's like things just so happen to yeah. fortunately just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. That happens. Oh, well. It's a plot tool. <laughs> so Galena wants the lab. We finally know. This was a really short scene, but we get to have more pissing. <laughs> I know. I thought yes, of JJ yeah. at that time. I was like, I love how they're in the bathroom. Yes. We have to find out, like, who is who's the person behind that this season? It's like, let's just get pissing in there as much as we can or pee reference. Oh, it's so great. And <laughs> then you all drink. Yeah. And then even when Olivia went to Roman the first time when he was she was getting evicted, she said something about, why do you always have to be pissing? or something like they well, what the exact lines but again like two references to pissing tonight it's yeah. great yeah and uh galena's washing her hands is it finally time for one yeah. hand to wash the other yeah <laughs> so funny man uh, she has so many good lines and i love her her broken english russian mm-hmm. accent it's so good and uh she pretty much offers to kill roman during one of the next procedures that he goes through and she says I will do this favor for you, but I want Price Lab. Price will work for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was pretty neat how yeah. she was able to like work in her deal. She just said, I want a favor last time, you know, or two times yeah. ago, two episodes ago. And then she gets into it now. She gets into the meat and potatoes of what she really, really wants. We knew she was going to be trouble. We knew with that accent and just the way mm-hmm. she was, you know, kind of challenging Price that she had an agenda. Yeah. And we saw it tonight. And given her past that we know she she works in dark ways, we don't know how many people she's actually killed or has helped kill. And then mm-hmm. now kind of agreeing, like, yes, I will manipulate price tests to, you know, maybe perhaps kill Roman. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Oh, it is very unpredictable. We do <laughs> yeah. not know how procedure can turn out. It's very it dangerous. You got her down pretty good. It happens. Why, thank you. <laughs> Duncan. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, was there anything else about oh. Dr. Galena? Can we just stop um, the ceaseless pissing contest? That's the, the the line from Olivia. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> Love it. Good one. Good one. Was that when Roman and her were in the hallway? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pissing contest. That's right. That was really good. Well, let's go ahead yeah. and move into our news and gossip, perhaps. After Buzz TV News. 
<clears throat> well, I have a few things up in the Instagram and Twitter world to talk about. So, uh, this is breaking news. Just a mere one day ago, we had Landon Libboiron, who plays Peter on the show, finally mm. made an Instagram account. Yay. That's great. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, so he finally made one. I started following him. It's 77 flipped official. And the, his first picture, um, as of a few hours ago, it had 76 likes. And um, so many people commenting at him and, of course, saying, we love you. This one person uh, uh, posted on there saying, uh, love from China. We love you here. <laughs> so it's, real, it's a oh, really awesome. big show internationally, which yeah. is really cool. And his photo, it's, it, the shirt he's wearing is Leg- Legends of Rock and Roll. Um, tour 87 but uh, he's holding up it's so weird because his face is blurry and he's it, it's like he purposefully had an open exposure or something you know to like to make his face look blurry like that's his thing like huh. he likes that for some reason because I've seen other pictures of his that's like a blurry face which is really weird um, also on Instagram Nicole Boyvin who played uh she played Shelly. Shelly, yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, last season, Nicole at Nicole uh, Boyvin thirteen on Instagram. She did the ALS bucket challenge, <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty neat. And she looks cute in her bikini. <laughs> and she did. I know she's in high school. I'm so bad. <laughs> no, I think she just graduated. Actually, woohoo! But uh, she did the ALS bucket challenge, and she challenged her sister, some guy named Kyle O'Neill, and um, her mom. I think. Yeah, so she she nominated yeah, and she nominated she nominated those three, and her scream was just too <laughs> funny. You guys should check it out. It's one of those fifteen second Instagram videos. It's pretty good, and uh, and lastly, uh, Joel De La Fuente posted. Um, let's see, and he got one hundred fifty nine likes on this. He posted. Uh, one of the guys, I forgot his name, it's Ernesto. Yeah, Ernesto. I guess it's one of the, I don't know who it is. I have no idea. But some guy behind the scenes at Hemlock Grove holding up Shelly's legs. Oh, yes. You oh, saw that? I saw that. Yeah, I thought that was so neat. It's like, because, you know, obviously, uh, was it Madeline, I forget her last name. Madeline so, Martin. Madeline Martin. She's obviously not super duper tall, right? Yeah. But to have, you know, to, and so in those scenes where she's like sitting down or something or she's laying down, they have to have mm-hmm. these long like prosthetic legs and this is what they show, you know? So it's pretty neat yeah, to see cool. the behind the scenes stuff. You guys check it out, you know, Joel De La Fuente on Instagram as well. But, uh, yeah, that's about all the news and gossip I have. That's awesome. Do you guys have something? A couple days ago, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I realized, you know, Landon's reason why his name is 77 Flip. I don't know if you guys picked, picked it up before I did, but the 77 Flip is LL Flipped, ah. which is Landon Limo Iron. So that it just, clever. it came to me. I'm like, so I don't know if you guys picked that up, but Eureka. I, I thought ah. it was very clever. I was like, that's. That's smart. That is pretty cool. Now we know. Yeah. yeah. Now you know. Yeah. JJ, anything from you? I don't have anything this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us now move into predictions. <laughs> and now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Well, I've got a few. And these were written from my mind, from my mind <laughs> to the iPad when I watched the show at the time. So these are not fake ones. These were my real ones at the time when I watched it. Roman and Peter will go their separate ways in evolution and de-evolution because we have Peter 
he's becoming a Vargulf. He's getting stronger, though he's getting crazier and less human. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Roman, who's becoming more human, and he's becoming weaker, and he's getting the Upirism out of himself. Uh, so, um, Miranda, um, she will leave and try escaping Hemlock Grove. Uh, but she'll be stopped mm-hmm. somehow, obviously. Something has to happen. Something has to stop her. We can't have her leave with Nadia. Uh, Norman will give the hair sample to the sheriff. And he's going to implicate Olivia in um, Marie's murder or disappearance. And Sheriff will get some more help from the boys. And he's going to believe him again. I don't know how, but he's going to believe him again somehow. He'll team up with them. And, yeah. and uh, Olivia will die this season at Chasseur's hands. Ooh. I really thought that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Shelly uh, will be in the new body by next episode. And uh, Marie will come back as a reanimated corpse under Price's control. Ah, That's what, Those were all my predictions. Go ahead, ladies. I actually only had uh, one after this one. Is I just didn't. I didn't think that Shelley was going to take the bot, take the body over. I just thought somehow that she still would I, choose not to, not to. Yeah, even after the whole. Oh, it doesn't have a brain. Yeah, I just thought. I just think she's. Yeah, I just thought that she was too smart, and I just. And I and maybe I, maybe I just didn't want her to either. Like I think I wanted to keep her as Shelly, you mm-hmm. know. I didn't want to just see this another blonde character now for there's a, the next season. You know? so that looks like Lisa. Really yeah, yeah. So that was that was my one. This was about when I was getting super excited and going to the next <laughs> one, and I'm like, I don't have time. <laughs> keep going. Um, I think that we now know that there's this old cold case with Olivia. I think more cases are going to be popping up about Olivia's past that we're going to find out. They're going to be coming on the woodworks and Norman's going to really work with Letitia to bring her down. And who knows what's going to happen. And I also think that there's going to be a throwdown between Olivia and Roman. Because we saw it just a little bit in the hall when Olivia mm-hmm. was showing her strength and brute yeah, power they... over Roman. Being like, and that's what it's like to be a human yeah. because I can just toss you like a rag doll. So I'm... I think we're going to see a throwdown. I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to touch on that one during this. I love that scene when she, when she so yeah, just got him by the neck. Yep. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a throwdown between mother and son. Wow. Yeah, I, I would look forward to seeing that. But uh, you guys can look forward to seeing us more next week, talking about your favorite show on Hemlock Rose After Buzz TV podcast. Be sure to give us some follows. Follow me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. And I'm at JJ Jorgens on uh, Twitter and Jorgens JJ on Instagram and on my blog, TomGirl.tv. Thanks so much, guys. We'll buzz with you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.